Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And in that light, I'm always interviewing entrepreneurs who are changing the world, thinking on the edge, and sharing those conversations with you. So today we have uh, Kern Carter, and he is a published author and writer out to prove that writers are the true superstars of pop culture, which is going to be really interesting. And we'll talk about money, or sorry, writing and um, influence and making an impact on culture. So Kern, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I know we had connected through podmatch which is a great platform for connecting podcast hosts and guests and uh so tell us more about yourself and how you got started yeah so i mean i'm i'm a full-time writer you know which is an odd thing to say because i know a lot of people don't don't even believe that that's possible but i'm a full-time writer i'm I'm in my own apartment right now that i pay for through writing Um, and i say these things half facetiously but i know like i've I've gotten a lot of responses so i know people are it's, it's a it's a thing for people but i've been writing forever but i would say professionally where it was my only job since 2014. So about nine years now since I haven't I didn't I didn't have to do any other like side gigs and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been f- freelancing and and now building a business um, and making that transition since about yeah 2014 now. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, you know, not much people can really get paid for you know uh, to do their passion. And you know, you talk about writing as a passion, and um, and you've self-published first two books, and um, you've also you know, you do full-time writing while raising a daughter um, on your own. So um, tell us more. Well, one could be, we could talk about, for example, the first thing is playing the game quarter by quarter, long road to success. What are your uh, two cents and your thoughts on that? Yeah, because, you know, the thing is that I, I think we're very caught up now and easily caught up now in the fact that we just want to get money fast, right? And that's that's fine. There's fast money out there that you could go get. But I think when you're building a writing career or, or especially an artistic career, it's very important that you take your time and build that career if you want it to last. And the reason is, is that you are dependent on your readers, for me specifically, but let's say audience, um, to to validate and participate in your in your in your craft right like they have to buy my books if readers aren't buying my books um then i'm not i'm not making any money if 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 
people aren't um, aren't interested in my services and I'm not making any money. So when I say go quarter by quarter and really play the long game, what I'm saying is really take the time to first um, master your craft and get really good at it. Not just like okay and be mid. I mean like be really good at your craft. Being really good at your craft, being an expert at your craft will separate you in so many ways you have no idea. So just taking the time to really be good at your craft. Second, understanding your industry. Most people skip this step. Like understand the full industry. I took so much time. I, I remember when um I was trying to when I first kind of got on this on this on the bandwagon of really trying to figure out what the writing industry was like, I said, okay, how am I gonna learn? And I just dedicated my entire evenings to learning. So I wouldn't do anything else except read about the industry. So I I subscribed to newsletters, paid newsletters, some free newsletters, and I just read, read, and read about the industry and learned about the industry and understood what kind of books that were selling, what books were not selling, understood publishers made certain decisions, like really, really studying the industry. So that's something that you need to know because how you what how the industry goes will impact the type of books that are that are going to be sold, the type of books that the publishers and agents are looking for. Like that stuff is important. So and then the third thing is just like you actually need to build an audience and a readership. And that takes time, lots of time. Uh, so really take your time and build an audience and a readership up. Let people get to know you. Send out, um, you have to be prolific in a way. You don't have to be prolific, meaning you have to write uh, and post every day, but you have to be prolific and consistent over a stretch of time for people to really buy into who you are and, and see the quality of your work. So I think for me, it's those two, those three things have really helped me build this career. And even though it went slowly at first and I was really frustrated and struggling, I really, really, really kept my my eye on on the long game. And I knew for a fact, I'm like, I knew I would be here one day. Like I knew it. It was almost like I was going to school to be like a doctor. And you know, when you, when you go to school, you're like, at the end of this, I will be a doctor. Like, you know that, like I knew at the end of this, I'm going to be a full-time writer and a full-time author. Let me just take my time and, and do what I got to do. Yeah, it's in, yeah, and it's interesting because you take that approach. You talk about, you know, most people want to just be a one quick, you know, have that one viral post. And, but uh, that's kind of like, you know, the jackpot or the lotto. And, um, and uh, I, I found it interesting that, you know, you, that's what you wanted to do. And then you just focus and everything was as an experience to, to getting there. Uh, whereas most people would have looked at him and just quit. So uh, oh, yeah. what's interesting is uh, we talk about um, when you talk about uh, the pop culture, the, you know, um, me like media, fashion, games, you know, all this, you say that writers are the true superstars of pop culture. Um, how does it uh, differ from you know, podcasts or um, video, movies, all of these. Yeah, because when I say writers are superstars, what I'm really trying to say is that, like, if you look at everything that happens in, in, let's just take entertainment. There's, I cannot off the top of my head think of one thing in entertainment that happens without a writer. Not movies, not video games, not even, like, everything, TV shows, commercials, it all starts with a writer. Like somebody has to write those scripts. Somebody has to write those books, right? Somebody has to write it. So when I, but you wouldn't know that, right? Like, if, especially with music, like musicians get, and actors even, like they get so much credit and rightfully so. They're the performers. They're the ones that were on stage. But the, the, the words to those, to the, to the act that you're watching and the performance that you're watching, the word to the songs that you're singing, 
somebody wrote those words you know what i'm saying even look yeah. to actual social media like we still twitter is still writing you know what i'm saying there are people who have built a, a career off of writing on twitter there are people i'm thinking about rupi kayor who's a who won uh, writer of the decade in from 2010 to 2020 she started on instagram yeah. you know what i mean like she started writing on instagram people yeah. like this is this is so to me writers are really a part of culture in ways that we can't even imagine and i didn't even get into news i didn't get into journalism i didn't even talk about that like we are the the his, the, the historic the people who catalog history the people who catalog the present um, we're the people who actually like shape the culture because we're the ones who are writing these stories. And when you think about narratives and when you think about when people want, when like look at it from the flip side, like when people are part of oppressive cultures and though the leaders of those oppressive cultures want to oppress people, they ban books. You know what I'm saying? They ban books. They put out um, uh, propaganda. Those <laughs> writers, those those are writers, right? So it happens on both sides, the positive and negative. But my point is like, we actually run the culture and control the culture and control the narrative of culture in ways that people don't even talk about and recognize. Yeah. And now people are talking about um, pop culture as being an asset, which we're going to, which was my um, next segue. And we talk about, you know, publishing industry, it got, you know, Amazon disrupted that. Um, so tell us more about, you know, publishing industry, if it will change where you see it going, trends, et cetera. Really good question. You know, the publishing industry is is in a in a way is a not even in a way, it's it's the ultimate legacy industry. You know what I mean? Like writing started with so far back that it's ridiculous. I mean, pre-printing press even, but the printing press was still 500 years ago, right? And there was writing books and 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 some of my favorite writing happened like a thousand years ago. Like when you think about like the Iliad and stuff like that. These are this is a long time ago we're talking about. So writing is a legacy industry. And the interesting thing is that not much has changed. And when I say that is today, writing and let book publishing very specifically is still a very physical industry. But physical books sell about four to five times more than digital books. Digital books are actually trending downward. They have been for the last decade. They trend, people don't really like digital books. Now, audiobooks, those, if you want to talk about a trend that's that's on the rise, it's double digit every year. Like it was 25% rise every year for a while. And it was double digit again last year. Um, and it's actually, it's I believe now that uh, people consume more audiobooks than they do digital books. So it's, it, it grew very quickly. That's a trend that's happening in the right a trend that's going in the right direction. So if um if I was to kind of uh, make a prediction, it's it's tough because again we just I want to say that it's going to become a little bit more uh, audio mm -hmm. and it, and that will continue to happen. But we just 2021 we just had the biggest sales year for physical books in history mm -hmm. in the history of writing. We've had I think it was like 900 million physical books were sold. It's like some crazy number like that, right? Yeah. So it's still the, the physical part is very healthy. But what I would say is watch out for audiobooks because between audiobooks and podcasting, there's a blur there. And, and I think that publishers will start understanding that you could storytell through audiobooks and storytell and present it in a way that consumers are already consuming audiobooks because, or sorry, consuming podcasts because people don't consume podcasts in seven hour increments like that's how long it will take you to read an audio or to listen to an audiobook it'll take about seven hours and sometimes 15 16 hours for longer books right people don't consume podcasts like that so i think what the industry will do is start putting out um clips of books so you you could you could purchase 
the first half of XYZ book and it's a three hour listed and you can feel like, okay, I got through the first half, blah, blah, blah. Or they will start figuring out ways to present to present a full length book. So like, here's, here's whatever book that, like my book is Boys and Girls Screaming. Here's a physical copy of it. But mm-hmm. here's an audio version of Boys and Girls Screaming. That's like two hours or three hours that you could consume. It's the same content, but specifically made for podcasting and for, for audio, sorry. You know what I mean? So I think there's an opportunity there. That's one. And then the other thing that I have no idea how it's going to impact the industry, but I know it will, is AI. Mm-hmm. I don't know how exactly yet, but I'm seeing some stuff on AI that is blowing my mind. So it's, I think AI is going to disrupt everything. I don't know how it's going to do publishing yet, but I, I would bet on, on AI for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just tried to get on the AI this morning to write a blog post and it's all full and it's been oh wow (laughs) it's and then the other you know you brought up so many good points because um especially with you know podcasting as a viable form of medium almost like the new radio and then I've seen like creators for example like Tim Ferriss he's done um he created a podcast but it's in a short story format so he's creating a story and oh wow yeah, he's creating a community and he's trying to uh, almost do like a kind of mini Games of Thrones. And um, it's really fascinating what's uh, happening, which leads me to my next question is, you know, I think every I think every industry is legacy. And it's just kind of like these companies come in, like dis- disrupt them. And you know, one thing I have is how how will writing change with with web from web two to web three uh, what do you in non-fungible tokens and all of these <laughs> i i see the so i see the nfts as the as the possible the benefit or the possible thing that we could actually explore the you know i think the nfts is because and when i say that i think it would benefit everybody uh, that takes part in the creation process of the book so mm-hmm. remember there's someone that creates a book cover right so the book cover itself should be an NFT on its own, right? That, I think that's that's one possibility. But then another thing is authors go through drafts and drafts of books, seven, eight drafts until 10 drafts until they get to their final book. Those mm-hmm. drafts are discarded as trash in, in the real world, right? But in the NFT Web3 world, those drafts are gold. How did, if you could, if you could see um, like, she's she passed but if you can see tony morrison's first drafts of her books you know what i'm saying you would love you would freak you would be like oh my gosh this is how she got from here to here so imagine now we can tokenize those things right like we could we could nft turn it into an nft and we could sell those things and 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 hopefully make make royalties in perpetuity in perpetuity that would be incredible you know what i mean like so because authors the thing with authors is that it's very difficult to make uh, a living just being an author. That's why a lot of authors teach. Um, so if you can find ways to monetize the entire process of book writing, then mm-hmm. you help authors earn a living. And and you could do that very very. Uh, I would say streamlined through through NFT and through and through and through uh, through through Web three. I think it's very. I think it's going to be very possible for sure. And through and yeah, that's what I think. But we'll see. I don't know. It's it's just like what you were saying about AI because we we can't really fathom the possibilities. We know it's going to change, but we don't know how. It's like the it's like the internet. We didn't know yeah. search and e-commerce, social media. 
you know, we have no idea, but it's these are game changing that allow yeah. people to innovate. And it's quite interesting because there's this book I read, um, Balaji uh, Srinivasan, and he wrote the book, The Network State, but he actually published it. He you can buy it on Amazon, but he published it on a website. You could, it's free. And uh, he almost did it like Wikipedia style where people can go in and make edits and comments. And oh, nice. So it's like almost like a V1, but, you know, his V2, V3 is going to be, you know, different. So, you know, there you go. There <laughs> we go. People are people are experimenting. And we're if anything else, we're creative, we're innovative people. You know, people are super, very innovative. We're going to find ways to, to leverage things and explore. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm actually really excited and curious about the future of, of publishing. I think it. It can be incredible, or the other part is it could stay exactly the same. And <laughs> or become or become centralized. We have Web3 centralized. Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. I love talking Web3, the future, uh, just changing existing industry. How can people um, follow you, um, contact you, check out your work, etc.? Yeah, I would say everything is on currentcarter.com, K-E-R-N Carter.com. Everything is there. Um, and if you want to follow me on social, like all my socials are Kern Carter as well. So I would, I would definitely just, just type me in, Google me and you'll see, you'll see everything that I'm, that I'm doing. Yeah. And for all the listeners out there, be sure to check out Kern. Uh, he's on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, as well as website. Uh, check out his, I'm sure you can find his books on Amazon as well. And uh, be sure to check those out. Uh, fascinating discussion with writing and, um, and uh, thanks for coming onto the show. Thanks for having me. I look forward to uh, watching this back again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. Without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.